Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is Aaron Rodgers done in Green Bay? He absolutely should be. For the sake of himself and quite honestly for the sake of the franchise. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't make the decision to retire or make the decision that he wants to go somewhere else or whatever stupid-ass dramatic thing he wants to put the franchise through, the franchise should just step to him and say, hey, it's over. You, you, you want to quit? You, you, you want to be traded? Like, what do you want? Because truthfully, you put us through this stupid nonsense a year or two ago. You threw off our timeline, as you told everybody. You went on the Pat McAfee show and said all the stupid stuff. We, you're good. Go do whatever you want. We'll facilitate whatever deal you want. I just want you out of my sight. Because yeah. I'm sick of looking at you with that stupid look <laughs> on your face every January. Get that stupid look off your face. He should be done in Green Bay. He sh- I don't at, care if he wants to keep playing football. He could do whatever he wants to. He should be done in Green Bay. At Trista underscore Crick, Aaron Rodgers loves pretending like he's done with the Packers after every season-ending loss. Be just real, like Brett Favre. Be real, bro. We'll see you next training camp after you, quote, clear your head with a long gee cleanse and a retreat with your girlfriend named Moonstar River Fortress. That's that's on point. That's on point. But it should be the Packers who step them and say, no, we're good. They should. I, I mean, we, we we just we we can't we've we've hit the point where we can't go the, we the, can't go any further. This guy further. and what did they say uh, at the beginning? They had the little pregame monologue or something like that, and he was at the press conference and he, he was he said something about oh I wish I could find a quote where he said something to the effect of uh, yeah you thought we were dead. What are you gonna say now? <laughs> we gonna say your season's over. That's what we are gonna say, Aaron Rodgers. That's why I was so badly rooting against them. That's why I wanted them to lose so bad. It's because of stupid-ass remarks like that. The only thing— We need to check. By the way, given his similarities to Brett Favre, we need to check into his finances Let's a little bit. Let's do that, yeah. We need to just find out what his uh, 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 little habit is, and just, just to make sure. Yeah. No evidence he's ever done anything. Let's just check. Because he bears way too many similarities to Brett Favre here at this point. That's facts. They both suck. Because Brett Favre did the same thing at the end of his career. <sighs> oh, I'm not coming back. Cried on national television. Like Jamal Williams level cried. <laughs> it's over. Ah! And then decided he was going to come back. Is So I was going to say we can broaden it out a little bit. Um, you talked about 40 years. Uh, damn near 40 years. of you know Horrible people under horrible center in Green Bay. The they got two Super Bowls out of 40 years. <laughs> now you got, you got the Super Bowls. Can't nobody take that away from you. But... Damn, that's, that's well it? for for two and 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 that's great. You got two Super Bowls for two guys who are discussed the way that those two are, as if they belong in the upper echelon of quarterbacks of all time. NFL media can't decide, and maybe this is sports media in general. They can't decide what's important. They can't decide what quantifies a great player mm. because when it works in their favor. They use Super Bowls. Oh, it's Tom Brady. He's the greatest of all time. When it doesn't work in their favor, oh, they'll, they'll blame it on the franchise. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Just look how great Aaron Rodgers was. Look how great Brett Favre was. He was the gunslinger. He was this and he was that. They can't decide what's important. They can't decide how you quantify who the greatest of all times are. Not the definitive greatest, but the greatest at that position of all time. You've got to make up your mind. And Aaron Rodgers... 
and I agree with you 100%. He, at times, he played the position of quarterback as well as anybody I'd ever seen. I can't take that away from him. The physical tools that he had, the way he orchestrated things, I can't take away what I saw with my own two eyes. The man, talent-wise, was sick. He's not a winner. He's not a leader. And that's why he found himself in that same sorry-ass position every January. And that's, that, that is what it is. You can talk about somebody. Jeff George was talented. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He wasn't, a, he wasn't a leader. He wasn't a winner. And that's what you say about Aaron Rodgers. And that's how I'm going to remember him. Super talented, not a winner, not a leader. Matter of fact, the exact opposite. I don't know. Uh, Dave Dave Garcia uh, tagged us in some stats. Now, I, I don't know how accurate these stats are. But these are amazing if they're accurate. One and eight when trailing at halftime in the playoffs. Ooh. 17 less fourth quarter comebacks than Joe Flacco. <laughs> One in four in NFC championship games. He has two game-winning drives in the playoffs. Two game-winning drives in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're both against the Cowboys. Mm. And this is the one that this, this just can't be true. He's 0-42 when trailing a team with a winning record by more than one point in the fourth <laughs> quarter. No, that's not, that's not it. No, it's a work. It's a work. That's a stellar that I'm going to recite that stat as if it's true. That's stellar. Until and somebody until is somebody, the one and eight is I mean is the set is it, what's his playoff record since the Super Bowl? I don't know what his playoff record since the Super Bowl is, but he's twelve and tw- or twelve and ten overall in the playoffs. Give me twelve. Give me and, a second, you said twelve can... and ten. Twelve and ten overall. Well, since well, the look, do, do the numbers. He won four games that year, so he's eight. You said since the Super Bowl. No, no, like total playoff record is twelve. So and 10. he won four games that year. So take that he's eight and eight and ten. Is that right? Or no, four games. You say, well, he. What you say? He's twelve and ten. Twelve and ten overall. He'd probably be like something like eight and some change or whatever, because a couple of his losses. This graphic has him yeah. at seven and eight. I don't know if that's 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 true or not. Yeah, he should be. He should has be he really? Lost, has he lost four championship games? Yeah, yeah. They should be eight and ten in the playoffs then, outside of the Super Bowl uh, run. See, stats look so good, you share them, even though they're not real, even though they're completely fake. You just share them. Hey, man, we gonna we gonna use that until somebody tells us it's not the case. Give us the real number, and we'll just say Aaron Rodgers is like zero for a hundred and seven when playing. Really good quarterbacks. Sounds we'll just make it as right. generic as possible. Sounds about right. He's over 120,000 when he plays the 49ers. Uh, they're going to be more sorry that they, they passed on me than that they, they, they didn't take me. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I'm not, I'm not even speaking blast. Yeah, we had a tough little moment where there's a decade where we didn't play and you were doing good. We're good. We, we already been to more Super Bowls you know, than you have. Two years ago, for about – Two and a half hours, we thought Aaron Rodgers might be a San Francisco 49er. He tried to finagle his way there. He tried. <laughs> I feel like the tone of our conversation was a little different that day. I think it was definitively stated we still strongly dislike the guy. Mm-hmm. But him with that group was game-changing. Mm-hmm. Turns out Brock Purdy with that group is game-changing, so it's not really needed. Pretty much. So... Yeah, that, that was a that was a great start to the playoffs because that was essentially the the whole playing game. Hey, I want to um I want to ask you a couple more things about okay this wild card weekend. All right, uh, we'll do that uh, when we get back here on Sacramento Sports Leader, Steelo and Casey on ESPN thirteen twenty. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. continues streaming live on the odyssey app it's actually perfect it's like beautiful. It, it led into the, the music everything it was perfect that was great stuff. but those air horns you heard were for our guy eric in the chat turning 30 today man he needed some air horns happy birthday Eric! yeah man we celebrate birthdays here on d-low and casey hey so another quick two yep. things number mm-hmm. one tank davis um you know, we were out and about. Mm-hmm. You know, I ended up being able to see the fight later. But, you know, are you satisfied with his performance on Very, Saturday? Absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was he was messing around until he wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I think that's ultimately what it was. Like, he, 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 he just didn't have it at the beginning, and then, and then he did. <laughs> so here's another thing, and I'm not sure if you saw this. Did you see the fracas that happened at that fight? I did. I, I did see it in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I did see it. Where yeah. they stopped the fight. Yeah, because of what was. Oh, going I on. didn't realize they stopped the fight because. Yeah, of it. so they're fighting. It's in the middle of a round. They're fighting, and Tank. I think it's a little bit of Baltimore in him. He sees something going on in his out of the corner of his eye, and he, you know, he turned. He going Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. He about to. Oh my he about gosh! To look his eye. <laughs> Dude, somebody needs to get Jordan Clarkson under control. He wild boy. He needs to calm he down. Boy. Shout out to shout out to the homegirl Rachel. That's her boy, Jordan Clarkson. Okay. Yeah, that's her boy, Jordan Clarkson. She needs to talk to him. Mm. But um, so yeah, it's going on, and, and Tank is like, see some out of the corner of his eye, so he kind of like turns, and then Garcia's like, bro, what you turning and looking at? And then the ref is like, hey, you guys go to your separate corner, go to a neutral corner. Time out. We need to see what's going on. So Meek Mill. Ended up getting into it with um, these two brothers that are like literal brothers, yeah. that are boxers, right? But did you see what actually happened? I saw the, the I saw a video that was like taken in the in the stands, <laughs> which made it even crazy. So for those that don't know, there's this big fracas, right? Like people are like moving. That Wallow comes in and he's like, "Hey, we need to stop all this." Nothing even happened. That's that's what I like. That's what it looked like. It was like what? It just looked like a bunch of people started to like crowd forward. It's like that was going on. So, I was waiting to, for like a chair to be thrown yeah, or something. And shout out that. to Wallow, man. He's a big homie trying to make sure everything's good. But like Meek says something. He's like, "What's up then?" And then Russell, who's yeah, like five rows ahead, stands up, and he's like, "What?" And then all of a sudden, Stephen checks. No, no, no! Hey, guys, no, no, no! We're not. Hey, we're not doing that. Wallow jumps on a chair. No, think about your future, guys. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it, bro. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Me- <laughs> Nothing happened. Meek me- me need to chill, though. Like, we don't. We don't. We don't need that. Meek me- needs to chill out. Um, <laughs> okay, that's one thing. What's the other? Uh no that was the second thing oh that was both the of them they were but they were did both you see the tank fight oh got you got you. Did you well no I did I didn't see the tank fight as you're 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 well aware I didn't go back and watch that um but I did I know that's one of the guys that I have to follow so he's I one I, of the guys I, I, I kind of got watch it. and then the next all, one all the kidding one. aside he was not sharp this weekend I'm like indirectly like I, if I had to grade him I give him a, a B okay but. It still went the way all his fights go. Like he fills you out. Okay, he he fills out the fighter, mm-hmm. sees what you got. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, he's gonna come knock you out, and that's what happened. Like it, it took a weird way to get there. Like he didn't look exactly the same, but he got to the same end result. Okay. Um, but the next one, the next one, you might be at the crib, Jesse. You might be at the crib too. 
All right, that's the one. That's the one. Okay. Tank Ryan Garcia, April 17th, Monday. We're going to do it right after the show, according to Oscar De La Hoya. We're going to do what? We're going to we're going to go watch the fight right after the show. It's on a Monday, according to Oscar De La Hoya. Why? <laughs> Oscar De La Hoya had a tweet where he gets on there. He's like, all right, good job, Gervonta. Uh, now the fight's going to happen. Everybody get ready. April 17th, Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. I can't wait to see. We're, we're going to get to you. People look at the calendar. Sir, that's a Monday. Oh. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing, Oscar? The real fight night will be all April 15th. Okay, there we go. It's going to be moving. All right, I'll be at the crib for that. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, it's Black Monday in the NFL. and Ooh. Well, the not-so-black hiring process will begin here pretty soon. Mm. Uh, Texans fired Lovey Smith. I, I love that Lovey won that game and that people are like – and, 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 I, and I, I did something very, very rare today. I turned on first take, mm. and by the way. Did you see Stephen A. and uh, Michael Irvin? I wanted to see Michael Irvin. That's why I tuned in. I like Michael Irvin. I do. I, that's, yeah. I, I do, too. That's why, that's why I watch. Did you see them, though, reenact Friday, the next Friday? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that. That's kind of funny. I don't know how I missed that. I saw, I saw Stephen A. and Molly, though. They got, they got strong chemistry, those two. Oh, well. <laughs> there was, like, you know. Rumors are rumors until you like look up at something and I'm watching them interact like, okay, it's Good Morning America. I was looking for first take. Like, what's that changed going on? everything. Like, I'm looking for first take. What is this? That's, that's Good Morning America up there. But I just, Michael Irvin was, y'all sit here and like, I'm, I, I do it too. We on TV. We talk about losing games. We talk about like draft picks. That conversation isn't happening in the locker room. And if it is, the person who brings it up is getting busted in their mouth. Mm-hmm. That's not the way we operate. We're winning every game. And I, and, I, and I absolutely believe that's usually true for coaches. And I love that Lovey almost certainly knew that that was his last, probably his last game that he coached in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and won that. No, I don't give a damn about your number one draft pick. I don't give a damn uh, uh, what your plan is for the foreseeable future. I'm a football coach, and these guys are football players. We're going to go out and try to win a football game. Yep. And and that's he, exactly what and he, he and, and to be honest with you, he probably would have done that anyway because that's just how he rolls. You yep. know, he's a man of Agreed. integrity. But after, like you mentioned, he knew, uh, you know, I'm getting the ax after this game. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, we we gonna finish. I'm I'm gonna give you a parting gift, and I'm gonna win this game. You're not gonna get the number one pick. Even with all that said, I mean, they converted a fourth and twenty that went through the hands of the the Colts player into the the bread basket, as yeah. Monsoon would say, mm-hmm. of a, a Houston Texan player. So I mean, Lovey Lovey could have wanted it all he wanted. It <laughs> probably shouldn't have won. Take it. Uh, But with that, the Chicago Bears have the number one pick in the draft. Mm. My man, shout out to my man, Allen. He called me his big Bears fan immediately. He's like, oh, we about to be in the Super Bowl in three years. Oh, I was like, wait, what? He said in three years. Who are y'all drafting? Well, his his the the thought process is we about to get a haul for that first to that number one pick. Ah, he said we about to get a haul. Because we don't need the number one pick. Uh-huh. So, what, what, I'm sorry. What do you mean you don't need the number one pick? You're the worst team in the league. Yeah, but the number one pick generally is taken it, it, for, you know, a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you use that number one pick to get, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing out a, a, a Denver, you know, to move up to one to get a quarterback, to mm-hmm. get Bryce uh, Young or, or C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Um or to do from Kentucky too, people like him as well. The the question that I had for him was, do those guys like it, 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 would I move up for the the number one pick? Like if I was Houston, for instance, am I going? Well, all right, you're not going to take a quarterback. What do I need to move up for? Now, you're, you're so going you start up calling the Texans, right? Texans are two. Texans are two. 
Well, the Texans need a quarterback. But that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. But that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They wouldn't. Who are you trading with if you're Chicago? The argument to that is the Texans aren't worried about, like, Chicago. They're worried about Pittsburgh pulling a 49ers and moving up ahead of them as number one, which may make mm-hmm. Houston do business with Chicago mm. to go get that quarterback. So – that's that's the case. There, I saw some stuff on Twitter that I thought was kind of crazy. Um, people were saying like it, trade Justin Fields. Well, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think it's not not because of how we feel about Justin Fields. Because I don't know if we know how that front office feels about. Remember, this is a new front office. Well, yeah, there's that aspect. And like you get a chance new people, to yeah, you get a chance to kind of wipe the slate clean and start over if mm. if you wanted to go that route. I don't know. I I think I think Justin Fields would have a ton of value. Um, oh, for sure. Would you? I think Justin Fields has more value than the number one pick. It, it, so, if you had the, if the number one pick, I'm trying to think of an example. Shout out to Black Bottles nine one six in the building too. I see him up in here. Shout out to our guy. Yeah, uh, we got we got some. C- c- come on, Black. I, think I always got to talk him off the ledge during 49ers games. Oh, he's one of those guys. <laughs> Oh. He, te- he texted me after that that play, the trick play that went for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He said, "What am I seeing? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't feel comfortable about, about this defense, man. Like we got Whoa. this. Whoa. Whoa. What was the final it. score? What was the final score? The thirty-eight, thirteen. Okay, <laughs> okay. If the uh, that's my guy. If the 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 number one projected pick was a non-quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, it, it could be whatever position you want, mm-hmm. but it's a clear, like this is the this is this is this is the guy. This is the best player in the draft. It's not a quarterback, but he's the best player in the draft. Would you trade it? Would you trade it, or would you take that player? Essentially, man, this might be a Miles Garrett conversation. Mm. Do you do you, do you take the pick, or do you get the do you get the haul? It 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 does it does depend. On how you view your team and how you view that player. Like you talk about kind of like Miles Garrett, right? I'm going to just talk about Chicago because that's what we're doing. If I was Chicago, I think the move is to is to trade the first pick. And you're riding with Justin Fields. Ride with Justin Fields and get a collection of picks. Okay. Right? So you, you swap with whoever you trade with. Um, say you trade with Seattle, you know, because Seattle's got the five pick because they've got Denver's pick. So you trade with Seattle. Seattle now is the number one pick. Maybe, maybe if you're Seattle, so a you potential your own a potential flaw in this though, because mm-hmm. you got Houston. Houston's you've got to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Arizona's next. Mm-hmm. Arizona's not taking a quarterback. You don't think? Question mark. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't think? Well, you just played there. Kyler Murray. They're not taking a quarterback. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't are. think they're taking a quarterback. I don't think the, I think the the first two because I was looking at it last night. I wish I had it in front of me, but I think it's the Texans and the Seahawks are the are the QB spots. Uh, Indianapolis might Indy? be in there. Yeah, Indy might look to take a QB. Yeah, because Indy's four. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you um, go. they're and, in there. And then you 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 have Seattle at five. Uh, Detroit, the Raiders are at seven. I know. Mm. Raider Nation will be locked into that. That would be so. That would be a team. Oh was, my God! There's a, there's <laughs> there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks drafted. Atlanta's eighth, and then Carolina's ninth. Well, we talked. Remember, we talked about this though. Half like, the not league only, is not only drafted. Like there's going to be a bunch of free agent yep. quarterbacks or trade available quarterbacks. So like that's the other thing these guys got away. Jimmy. Derek Carr. Jimmy, Derek Carr. I think Geno's contract is up. I don't mm. know if Geno's under contract. Mm. Um, Comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. Yeah. So you got guys like that. Um, and then, you know, you talk about, you know, the big guys, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, depending on your situation. Mm-hmm. So you got – we just named like five or six mm-hmm. in the league right now. Yeah. There's another at least three – coming out of college that are like first round caliber guys. So I think that's something that you got to weigh out cuz you think about the Raiders. Like maybe the Raiders are a team that would would trade up for the number 1 pick. But if I'm the Raiders, do I need to do that when I can keep my picks and get Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady or whatever I want to do? 
you, you, if you're the Raiders, you can't go get Jimmy Garoppolo. With all due respect to Jimmy Garoppolo. Why not? Because the, the similarities between Derek Carr are too much. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. It, I, Derek Carr has his faults. It's really hard for me to put this season on Derek He's Carr. He's going to be out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's another quarterback. That yeah, he will be a free agent in a month. Mm. You know, independently, and I still hadn't seen the clip. I wanted to see but, it. Independently, we had the same – Yours was a little a little spicier, I think. Reaction to McDaniel's when he said that. <laughs> I saw that so, for the first time when I was recording the show. It's talking about you know it's a process. Tell you what? I hadn't because the forty we haven't we haven't referenced this. The Raiders played on Saturday, mm. and you know we we were watching that game in in in, in Doco before going to dinner. I didn't see that clip. I didn't either. Until and we're live with with Sarah Jake. I oh, didn't we're live see it. Now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it until they ran it, and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me, dude! You can't be serious." And so when Sarah came back and said something about the defense, I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on, we got to talk about what he just said right there." <laughs> that team was ten and seven last year in the playoffs. What are you talking about? Like we, we oh, it's a process. It's gonna take. No, you came in here and you screwed it up. They added the best receiver in football. That's what you did. You 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 brought back Hunter Renfro. You did everything that you had to do. Waller, DC, Devontae. You did everything you had to do. You screwed it up. Right. This ain't no process. You messed up. <laughs> Mark Davis messed up. You screwed the the trajectory of this franchise up. Mm-hmm. Put this. I'm t- don't use that. That's that's such a tired ass cliche for failing. Oh, it's a process. It takes time. No, you suck. That's why this team is in the place that it's in. Fact. There's no Derek Carr. He 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 missed games this year. Obviously, Derek Carr threw for the almost exactly the same amount of touchdowns and the same amount of interceptions he did last year. So everything that drove you nuts about Derek Carr last year did the same thing this year, mm-hmm. except for some reason, with the best ride receiver in football on his team, he threw for like 1,300 yards less. He had uh, you, you, you relied a lot more on Josh Jacobs, and you still couldn't find a, win, a way to win games. Mm. Derek Carr has his faults. He's not the reason this team is uh, – Six and Three, four, six. four games worse than they were last yeah. year. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a process. I, I, I heard, I Rick Versace has stepped in there after that overrated goof was fired. It wasn't a process <laughs> for him, but it's a process for you. Get out of here. I, said, I, I saw and heard the same thing that you heard, and I just didn't say anything about it. But it, it, it's a process. What did you just say? Ridiculous. Are you Sarah was mind? on Sarah was on point. She brought it up early in the season. Rick Basaccio was a guy that they loved. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you could see all year there's there's issues brewing. In. Who, executive or a coach, has left that New England Patriots system and succeeded? Because now there's all this stuff about exe- uh, uh uh what is the dude's name? Nick the the the, the uh, Houston Texans guy isn't he from the Patriots? Um, I think so. I think so. The the front office, the guy? general manager. Yeah. I believe the name is Nick Casario. By the Nick way, Nick Casario. Yeah. Thank you. Isn't he? I think he's from the Patriots. I think he is too. Yeah. He is an epic failure. Mm. You hire three coaches, no matter what your thing, no matter no matter what, no matter what your thought process is, you have failed miserably as a general manager. Still employed. Still employed. Find me the person out of – please help me out. Find me the person out of the Patriot system who's away from Bill Belichick and that whole way that that thing runs and and, and point to the one that has been successful. And once again, we have to use the disclaimer all the time. Do not say Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel sure as hell didn't succeed this year. He was a player that succeeded. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I can't find front office guys and coaches who have succeeded. But yet – Every year, we're going to see it right now in this stupid hiring cycle. You're going to see people talking to Bill Belichick's coaches, talking to, to, to Bill Belichick's executives. Hey, that tree is trash. Trash. <laughs> that tree is whack. And it, it's like a trash. Like it, it, garbage. That tree is whack. Wet garbage. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, By the way, you, we, were, we mentioned in quarterbacks earlier. Is Stafford done? 
Like retiring? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised Sh- if it happened. Should Matt Stafford be done? I he probably should. You got your. You, you did it. You got your. You proved Super Bowl. your point. Yeah. Um, Threw a woman off the stage like she was Mick Foley in Hell in a Cell. Nothing was ever the same after that. Um, True story. But um, Aaron Donald retired a year ago. We just didn't know it. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey, the Monstars took his superpowers. And and poor Sean McVay ain't spent five minutes not thinking about the money he turned down from Amazon. I got to believe the fact that Herb Street is still with ESPN – that that's a stopgap, and if he wants that job this year, they'll give it to him. Yeah, I like Curb Street. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really enjoy Kirk Curb Street tonight. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him far less on Thursday. Yeah, he's. Not, it was just weird to me. Yeah, I didn't like. I, it. I don't want to say he's not good, but it didn't fit him. No, I think he's very NFL. good. Yeah, I think he's really good. I'm just. I, I don't want to say he wasn't good with the NFL. I just didn't it like just it. Didn't fit him. I didn't like it. Yeah. I like voice. Like I love. I'm gonna love him tonight. I mm-hmm. love. I, that's where he belongs. Mm-hmm. I think Amazon will will I think Amazon can quickly go back to Sean McVay and say, well, it, it was some ungodly number here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, come do and it. Somebody and we were talking about this on Saturday. I think Kyle, shout out Kyle Madsen, who was also out with us oh, on yeah. Saturday. I think he mentioned it or Trista or somebody, but they're like, he can take that job, Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. He can take that job, do it for ten years, yep, and then come back and coach. That's right, if he wants yeah. to. Like and he'd be like forty eight. It's literally what John Gruden did. Yeah. So yeah, he's got to be thinking about that. Except and, Sean McVay is actually good. And on top of that, uh, the the Rams situation is it's bad. It's, it's done. Oh, it's so get bad. out. Get out while you can. Get out while you can. Before we uh, go to break, and then James is gonna uh, join us, and we're gonna be kings pretty much all the way through. James is here, and it looks like there's a sword sticking out of his backpack. What the hell. I don't want no problems with no Jesse. No go problems. check that out. See if he's got. A... <laughs> I don't want no problems with James. Um, were you surprised at all by the scheduling? Uh, no. I because I you know I, I thought the I thought the Seahawks and the 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 49ers might get Monday night, but Cowboys Bucks? No, not not really. I thought Re- Cowboys Bucks was getting Saturday night. I I thought there really was, there was no. Cause then that's the night, right? Like Saturday night, Saturday. Like that's typically in the past. That that's has been, the big night. Yeah. By the way, oh, think about it. Cowboys always play on Saturday night. Like, like that's the that's the premier spot usually. I thought it was, but maybe now, you know, Monday night is is the spot. But they threw me off last year when they put Rams Cardinals on Monday night. I, I thought they didn't care about. Monday so they night. they also like Ravens Bengals. They know Lamar's back, right? <laughs> like like there's got to be there. There had to have been a call. Like, hey, is Lamar playing? Because yeah. they they got to know. This is the difference between you playing at 10 a.m. and and you know, or yeah. I guess for them one 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 p.m. And, I'm surprised they put um, Jaguars on Saturday night. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. Shout out to my guy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, for getting the job done and 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 getting rid of the t- t- Tennessee Titans and uh, and getting them. It was it was rocking in Jacksonville. It did, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. I was I was I was I was really really hard. I wasn't. I was hard on Trevor Lawrence. It was harder on the way that like people talk about him. But I, I, I'm I happy it. to see this was, moment for him. Yeah. I'm happy to see this for him. Um, Further away you get from Urban Meyer, the better that team will be. Man. Though the game deciding call was a little. Well, you thought the end of the Kings game was sketchy. Well, I have a theory. <laughs> that's just going to stay between. I was about to say, was it in the, what we had in the media room? <laughs> I have a theory on hilarious. that game. I have a theory on that game, and it's going to stay in the media room. But <laughs> that that was a tough one to watch back because we were watching it. Like, wait, that's how it ended? Oh. Just that, no, no, fumble. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. It's good. It's good. Ain't no challenge. Go ahead. You said Roger Goodell turned into Vince McMahon that night. Give me Trevor Lawrence. God damn it. Get him, get him in the playoffs. God damn it. I said put Trevor Lawrence in there. <laughs> James Ham is here. Uh, we'll talk Kings basketball with the hammer when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. continues streaming live on the odyssey app live on twitch as well youtube facebook live uh, 98.5 fm hd2 wherever you are we appreciate you so much uh for listening and we appreciate james ham 
uh, for being here with us, uh, fresh off of Sacramento Kings shoot around. I had mentioned uh, PJ Dozer. We didn't really get to dive into that ten day contract. Um, first, your thoughts on the player. We have a lot of thoughts on the signing. We have a lot of thoughts on the roster. To be honest with you, James, that uh, we want to throw out you, uh, at you throughout the day. But I know you got a chance to talk to to PJ today. What was your takeaway from that? Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest takeaway is just the conversations I've had around the team over the last few days is that the Kings basically have 30 days here to tinker with that that 15th roster spot that they opened mm-hmm. up when they, they waived Chima Muneki. And so I think that that's good, that, you know, if there a trade comes, just because you sign a guy to a 10-day contract doesn't mean he has to play out the full 10 days. You can waive him at any time. It's really a budget signing. If uh, P.J. Dozier works out and they sign him to a second 10-day and if he continues to work out and we pass the trade deadline, maybe he is a player that sticks around for the rest of the year just because he is a six foot six wing, like a 2-3 that can really defend multiple positions. He's got you know, a 6-11 wingspan for a six foot six guy. He's got good athleticism. And uh, you know, why not kick the tires on someone like this when you're having some guys that you're giving minutes to that are struggling and they might be struggling because they haven't got enough opportunity they might be struggling because their offensive game isn't working but whatever it is this team is horrendous defensively right now Mm -hmm. they're just so bad over the last 10 games over the last 15 games and you got to figure out a way to to rein it in to get people who are ready to defend on a nightly basis and the kings just haven't been able to do that do you um do you see like him playing PJ Dozer playing right away? You know, getting in the rotation, or you know, is this um, is this just like a look and practice or something like that? How do, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, I think there's a a possibility that he plays there. I don't know like major minutes, but he's never been a player that's played major minutes. You know, like even for Denver two years ago, I think he played. 50 games and averaged around 20 minutes a game and I think people you know he's played for Jordy Fernandez for a long time he played three years with Jordy and so he knows exactly what Jordy expects he knows what to how to get on the court Mm -hmm. because Jordy lays out the expectation just like Michael Malone Malone did uh, just like Mike Brown will Mm -hmm. and um, I think it's a it's bringing in someone who's familiar with your system He's shooting 35.3% from three at the G League level this year. He's played really well at the G League. He's proved that he's healthy again. He's still young. He knows a lot of the players on this team because he's around their draft class. So he played in high school, like at high school tournaments against uh, Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. He even played on their teams at some points during uh, like some of the tournament stuff, You know when they go to camps and all that. So he has some familiarity with, with the whole thing. And... I, I don't know that he's going to step in and be a difference maker, but I do know that, you know, we talked about it last week. You need better players at some point. You need guys that can actually, that aren't just good defensive players, but are good defensive players that can play 15 to 20 minutes a night at the NBA level and really help your team win. And I think, you know, what I think what might stand out about this signing to a lot of people is, you know, be it a 10-day or not, this isn't the backup center position that we've talked about for the last few weeks. This isn't a big or a stretch four. This is essentially like Terrence Davis's replacement. Like watching, you know, watching that game against the Lakers, we talked to like Terrence Davis may never step on the floor for a Kings again for the Kings again. He was just he he was timid. He 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 wasn't aggressive offensively uh, when he checked in. This was without Malik Monk's availability. Like I, this just feels like. He's really, he, Mike Brown, has really lost confidence in a lot of guys on his bench. Um, I, I don't know if it's a lot of guys, but certainly it, Terrence Davis looks like he's one of those guys that, you know, I, I don't even know if you can say Mike Brown's lost confidence as much as you can say that Terrence Davis lost, lost confidence. That's and, fair? Yeah. Is it fair to blame Mike Brown for that? Uh, maybe, maybe not though, because you know, like I remember, we kept getting these incredible video clips of Mike Brown coaching Terrence Davis on the sidelines, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't get those anymore because Terrence Davis doesn't play. But it was every single game, Terrence is doing something that they've gone over again and again and again in practice that he's doing wrong, and that's why he keeps pulling him over and coaching him up, and trying to like embolden him to do the right thing. And it's really frustrating. I think when you see, and I think if 
it goes into a deeper discussion about Mike Brown. So, like, Saturday night, Saturday night, Mike Brown ran Keegan Murray over with a bus in postgame. Yeah. I was completely surprised by that. Like, that's not something he's done before. And he was on him on the sidelines a lot in well, that game, too. I thought that in the game, Keegan Murray made a really nice, like, effort defensively. There was uh, – he took two charges that were huge, which is something that Mike Brown has been talking about nonstop. But he took two charges against LeBron James. I mean, that's a 270, 280-pound man running you over. That doesn't feel good. I thought that that was great. He had two steals. I thought there were points early in the game where he was making a difference defensively. But Mike Brown kept bringing it up in postgame. The weak side help is so bad for this team. Whatever it is, they are not providing any support at all for Demonis Sabonis. And he's getting hung out to dry again, just like he was early in the season where the guards and the forwards are letting players get into the box and get Sabonis in foul trouble. And they've got to figure out a way to provide more resistance. And, you know, they tried it with uh, Casey Apollo. They tried it with a couple of different people, you know, like they just kept Mike Brown just kept throwing guys in there. But when you bring up the, the backup uh, center position, I mean, it's it's a need for sure, but I don't still think it's the biggest need on this team. The biggest need on this team is for these guys to play defense, for somebody to step up. And if they can't do it, then you have to find somebody else that can. And, again, I asked Mike about that as well. Like, you know, is it a point where these guys, you're just to a point where these guys can't do it and you got to go find someone else? Or, and he said, no, I like they've proven they can do it for spurts, mm-hmm. but they've got to be able to do it for 48 minutes for 82 games, and they haven't figured that out yet, and that's partially because the, these guys haven't been in this position. And I get that, but, man. the Been in what position? The position to be good, the position to succeed, you know, the position to have to worry about playing 48 minutes for the defense because you're playing for something. And, you know, again, Mike Brown is fighting against a lot of things here. The history of this team, we act like, oh, it wasn't these guys that did it. But it is. It is De'Aaron Fox. It is Harrison Barnes. It is Rashawn Holmes that have been here for four or five years. So you are fighting against. But it's not Tabonta Sabonis and Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray. Well, yeah, but if you're not playing on a string, you're in trouble. You know, and I think that that's that's a big deal. Like if everyone isn't moving together and see, here's the deal. If you think about it this way, when he's talking about the weak side help, basically, if if Sabonis needs to rotate over because your guard or your forward is getting beat on one side, there's supposed to be a backfill behind him with a guy on the opposite side, Keegan Murray, flying over to to try to help. And then behind him, him. Someone else is rotating to catch that corner shooter the whole time. So that's why we're seeing Harrison Barnes with like second and third efforts trying to rush out to the, the corner and, and you know, at least give some resistance on a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. Just that help isn't coming fast enough. It's not, it's not actually being productive at all. Instead of helping, um, he's getting there late, and then he's standing there in the key with nothing to do because a lot of times the ball's going in. But then the other problem is, and this is why Mike Brown called out Keegan Murray specifically, like he he basically did the Derek Williams thing, which is what George Carl said, even a Coke machine could get more than one rebound in 30 minutes of play. You know, and that's, you know, we've seen this with this team. Keegan Murray played 30 minutes, had zero rebounds. That's unacceptable on every level. And for that matter, Harrison Barnes played 36 minutes and had two rebounds. Mike let him off the hook because he said he's he was defending LeBron James a bunch, who's on the perimeter, and I call BS on that, and just tell you that LeBron James took six three point shots and he had twenty eight shots. That team got scored on in the post again and again and again. There were moments where Harrison Barnes was in the key tracking down LeBron James just like everyone else was, and so like I think there comes a point where as a coach you do kind of lose it on some players and you need to you think about it you're like okay i've tried to pull them aside i've tried to have conversations where cameras are watching i've tried to have a different coach work with them i've tried to have you know watch more film whatever it is now it's time i go lambast somebody and make sure that they understand that i'm not going to put up with that stuff and they're going to hear it through the media as well so I, I think he's at that point i mean and his defensive metrics say that he should be at that point hmm. 
So many things going on. Yeah, I guess. There's so many things <laughs> going on. Tell. So many things going on in, in my head right now. But my first thing, and I think Mike Brown has done a heck of a job um, this season with this group and, and fostering an environment here. Um, but they're, they're also – I think there also has to be in in he maybe he's doing it. I, we we don't know if he's not, but there also has to be a. I I don't have the guys that can do the things that I'm asking them to do. Like that's not the personnel that I have. I don't have Andrew Wiggins, Gary Payton the second, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney, so I can't ask them to play the same type of defense as they would. I don't even have the same length. That, that I had there so they can cover more ground and things of that nature. So getting mad and, and looking at, you know, benching people and calling them out in the media for things that they just, that's not their strength. That's like, that's almost like saying, uh, man, why doesn't Casey Akpala just average 15 points a game? Like that's not, it's not who he is. Yeah, but Keegan Murray averaged eight and a half rebounds a game in college. He's averaging 3.7 right now. Uh, well, yeah, on, yeah, just – him specifically and what he's doing, yeah, you yeah. Could, you could ask for more, but I think it's it goes into to everything, and I just wonder if, and I trust Mike Brown, I'm sure he is doing it, mm-hmm. but I wonder if he's looked at it like, all right, what do I need to do? Like, am I putting my guys in the best position to succeed, or am I trying to force how I think things should be done on a group of guys that don't have the skill set to execute it night in and night out? Yeah, I think what Mike is fighting is this question of, do I just have a team that's horrific defensively and I just have to outscore everybody? And he's saying, I am refusing to do that. And I get it. I I, I understand that. Like, you go into a game against the Lakers and, like, some of the stats from that game are crazy. But I I saw what they were trying to do. Like, they were trying to sag off of, uh, of Thomas Bryant and make sure that Domas was uh, was sort of blocking the entire paint uh, so so they wouldn't get downhill and, and to the rim all the time on the Kings. But then Thomas Bryant turns around and hits every freaking jump shot that ever was. You're just like, when did this guy become like Tim Duncan? Like, I, I don't understand what's happening. He hit every single shot. And so when they made that adjustment, it just opened the floodgates, and they just got pounded in the key. I mean, the stat that the Lakers didn't hit a three-point shot in the second half, that's crazy. Mm. Like, why aren't you running a zone the whole time then? Just clog everything. Just run a zone mm-hmm. if that's what's happening. But, you know, you, you got to keep trying to get better each and every day, and uh, I think right now th- this team is just they're, – they're teetering. They're either – I mean, they're in every single game for the most part. Mm-hmm. And either they're winning by one point or they're losing by two or three points. And either way, they understand that they can't keep losing, especially at home. These home losses that are like starting to stack up, it's bad news and they know it. This week this week's gotta be three and all. This week has to be three and all. It's just yeah. like it is what it is. Like if it's not three and all, then you're not you have I need to start questioning whether you're a different team than the teams in the past. Cause the teams in the past they wouldn't handle business here. And if you don't handle business, like you, if we're being honest, haven't really handled business in the last two weeks, yeah. I could, like I could be making the argument right now that you're not who I thought you were. But I'm still like, nah, this team is different. It's a different group of guys. But if 3-0 and in this situation, the sense of urgency that you have, if you if you can't execute that here, I got I to gotta question like what, what, I, what I thought earlier. Yeah, we talked about the nine-game stretch that started with Utah – in Utah, and that they had to win, I thought they had to go nine, uh, seven and two. Well, they already got the two losses, so like you got one win. I I don't know if this team can rattle off six straight right now. They're just not playing well, and that happens sometimes. And I also I'll say this too: the the Lakers game, I really think they missed Malik Monk. Malik Monk has been mm-hmm. sort of their inspirational. Like he's the guy who brings energy off the bench. I asked him about that this morning, I just how much you think your team missed it. And he goes, like, when I'm here, I don't really feel it. But he's like, but when I was watching, I was like, oh, I see it now. I see what I have to do, where I have to be for this team, and how I have to bring that that different type of energy. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like, they got to figure it out. They're, they're just 
floating around 500 here for quite a while. You know, I think over their last, what, 16, 18 games are like a game or two under 500. They, they've got to figure it out. The seven-game win streak is the difference in the season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If not, you know, like Sean always says on the pod, they're, they're a 500 team, right? But then we, they started to convince us that they were a good team. I wasn't buying it yet. I, like a lot of people were like, oh, I think, I think they're actually going to be good. I was like, okay, like I need to see more and, and I need to see how they deal with not only adversity, but how they deal with success. Because that's right now what it feels like. They're not dealing with adversity. They're dealing with their own belief in their success. Mm. And they, they weren't able to embrace this success and, and play through it. I mean, how many times do you get four games under 500? I mean, over 500 and can't get that fifth win. Like, embrace it, man. Just go for it. Well, you know, you know, it's hilarious. I said they got to go 3-0 and this week. You know what would happen if they went 3-0. and Maybe five games over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't five know if it's happening. Over 500. <laughs> yeah. The elusive mark. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 